Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, we got Matt Moscona standing by. Talk a little more about this game. I mean, I'm almost like, I don't know, we've talked it to death, but I feel like I don't, I haven't really gotten a good feel for it still, no matter how much we've talked about it. Let's be honest. If the Vegas line wasn't what it was, you would have a really good feel for it. Yeah, if it was nine, like I think it should be, I'd feel like, oh, yeah, Arkansas minus a touchdown, maybe. Fine. But I don't feel good at all about this. I do know that my uh, my beer appetite is favoring LSU this weekend. Uh, Matt Muscona joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Probably the first time, Matt, that I've ever bet on LSU in anything. But Wes and I have gone straight up. I gave him uh, I gave him odds, though. It's a 12-pack against a 4-pack. And I'm taking LSU straight up. He's got Arkansas straight up. What do you think? Um, I think LSU is going to win the game. Um, but it's funny the anxiety that 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 you have is really matches a lot of the anxiety around Baton Rouge this week. I mean, everybody looks at that line and goes, "Man, it's if I if I live in Saskatchewan, right?" And I and I'm and I'm a college football fan, and I'm no no emotion whatsoever. I go, "Oh, that makes sense." Bounce back for Arkansas, let down for LSU. 11 a.m. 30 degrees. Yeah, of course, this would be a close game, and LSU better be on upsetting. Do you think if it was nine, people would feel a lot less trepidation about the potential outcome? Uh, absolutely. And I, I think everybody would take Arkansas in the nine at home. Um, for me, guys, I, I'm um, – and, and I love the sports bet. It, and I, I don't ever bet LSU games just because I, I don't know that I – as much as I try to be completely objective, I just don't trust that I that I can. So I never bet LSU games. But for me, this is a total stay-away spot. It wouldn't surprise me if LSU wins this game by a point. wouldn't surprise me if Arkansas kicks a field goal late and wins it. So, uh, and, and honestly, guys, it wouldn't surprise me if K.J. Jefferson is limited or doesn't play and LSU wins by 14. Like, none, none of those outcomes would surprise me tomorrow. But I think the least likely is LSU losing the game outright. I just don't feel good about Arkansas's chances of winning the game. I think it could be a tight game. I think, yeah, you want to make an argument that catching four and a half, Arkansas is a good bet, fine, I'll listen to that. I don't feel good about Arkansas winning the game outright. What if Arkansas gets six more inches on KJ's run, go to overtime, and wins? No. You'd feel a lot better. And we both have said if he gets that two-point conversion, Arkansas is going to win the game. No, because I don't always evaluate games in the same way that a lot of people do. The outcome is important, obviously, but it's not 100% of it for me. I'm looking about how they're playing. Also, personnel matters. Their best defensive player, one of their, their best defensive backfield player yes. is out. Yes, um, Who's available and still like not season over. And their best offensive player, their most important offensive player, is maybe not available or not at full capacity. So, yeah, I have grave concerns. Plus, we know, we heard from Dalton Wagner, offensive line was a little dinged up this week, too. Doesn't mean they won't be at full full strength as far as personnel goes. But, obviously, they're not feeling great. So, Matt, how about LSU health-wise? Good question, Wes. Yeah. Um, honestly, guys, LSU's as healthy as I can remember a team in November. Correct. Um, <laughs> they, they lost. Uh, it, and it, it's bizarre. Listen, there, there are spots where they're just not deep, but, but they're healthy. Um, they lost their bet. Look, Mason Smith was supposed to be their best player on the team, and the first defensive series of the season he tore his ACL. Uh, and but they have been really good on the defensive line. They got a transfer from Missouri named Makai Wingo, who's freshman All SEC, and he is a blow up the launch pad guy on the interior. He's been fantastic. Um, and man, some of the guys that had been injured 
are back. Uh, Major Burns at safety had a neck injury. He's back. Um, Derek Gellinger, who is our starting left guard, had an MCL injury. Uh, he's back. Um, and that's kind of the extent of it, guys. I mean, they really – its they've been healthy, which is um, just not typical when you get to November of an SEC season. But they are – they're healthy. That's, that's not any issue or excuse for LSU at this point. Wes, does that change your opinion? No. Okay. The, tra- <laughs> the transformation of Daniels has been uh, spectacular in my mind. Uh, I remember watching the, the Florida State game, and I was like, man, he, he's not a quarterback. He's just a runner. You know, he's not even hardly looking for his receivers. And then, you, you know, if you didn't watch another game and you watched him in the Alabama game, you're like, that's a totally different player. Who gets credit for that transition? Um. I think a lot of people get credit for it, you know, the way you ask the question. But but the thing is, you know, I said, look, I, I watched a lot of Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. Oddly, I'll just give you a little context. So there's three kids from Baton Rouge who play on Arizona State's team, and I've known all of them since they were young. So I've watched a lot of their football. Jaden Daniels as a freshman was magnificent. Um, COVID was the 2020 year, and they only played four games. You kind of punt that. And we've all seen the disaster that Arizona State has been. Uh, they fire Herm. They had people like <laughs> like leaking game plans. It was terrible. So he was looking for the escape hatch from a toxic situation, but he's always had that in him. Guys, the problem, you know, as you mentioned the Florida State game, LSU's offensive line at the beginning of the season was a sieve. That's really the story. It, through the first eight games, they used six different offensive line combos, and they've figured it out there now. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're elite, uh, but they are – they're good. Like, they're really good and solid on the offensive line, and that's allowed everything offensively to open up. And Jaden Daniels doesn't have to run for his life. Uh, that's part of it. The other part, too, is that he's trusting his receivers to throw 50-50 balls. And LSU's receivers are awesome. I mean, it's, hmm. it is the unquestioned, deepest, strongest part of this team is the number of freak show receivers that LSU has. And, and Jaden's finally trusting. It, it started against Florida where he finally started trusting them to just put the ball up and let him go make a play, and they're rewarding him for it. It's funny you say that because every time I see him, he's got guys running wide open and he finds them. So uh, we're talking to Matt Moscona <laughs> on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. He's from ESPN down in Baton Rouge, Arkansas, and LSU this week. And, of course, you can catch the game on the buzz, and it's 11 o'clock start, which means our coverage starts bright and early at 7 a.m. with Breakfast with Baz. I mean, Breakfast with David Basil, Matt. You know how I many people would have paid money? To have an opportunity to do that over the years, I won't make any inappropriate jokes because he's got a very strong, solid relationship right now. But I think you see where I'm going with that. And then there's Trey Shap who <laughs> tags along just to just to watch. Anyway, um, also let me can I real quick because I don't want to forget to ask about it. Basketball, new coach, sort of a new era. One and zero and a narrow victory over the uh, powerful Kansas City. Uh, what are they, the Jackrabbits or something? The, the, um, the kangaroos. Roos, the kangaroos. The roos, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so Arkansas State's going down there tomorrow. A lot, but a lot of people didn't realize that. But Arkansas State yep. is game number two for LSU. What's the early return on the Tigers' hoops team? Uh, so when Matt McMahon was hired, if you recall, um, literally all 13 scholarship players left, either to transfer to the NBA. Um, they were literally at a point two weeks into Matt McMahon's tenure where they had zero scholarship players. Three guys returned. He got a couple of transfers to come down from uh, from Murray State. One of them was K.J. Williams, the reigning Ohio Valley Player of the Year. He's a walking double-double. Um, and then he obviously hit the portal and then and, and the recruiting class. So 
this this season's going to be a work in progress. There is nothing of significance on LSU's pre-conference schedule, and I think that was by design to let this team figure out who they are, what they are, let them gel, and maybe build a little confidence winning some games against teams that aren't very good. But I, I think this LSU basketball season, um, what you really just hope for is progress. If this team finds a way to get to 500 in the conference and maybe an MIT berth, I think that would be a – a win, anything over than that, would be a very pleasant surprise. What I root for is them not breaking any rules this year. Uh, Justice Hill, by the way, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Justice Hill, by the way, 30 no, minutes. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, Justice Hill, 30 minutes, 13 points, 7 assists, led the team. 4 steals, led the team. 15 pl- uh, positive, or plus 15 pl- uh, plus minus, led the team. So kudos to Justice Hill, who stayed the course, who believed he was a Division One basketball player, we all wanted Matt, you probably didn't know this or care, but we all wanted him to play Division One football because we thought he was an NFL corner. And he decided, mm. no, I'm a basketball player. And he's paid his dues. He's fought his fight. And now he ends up in the SEC at LSU, and I'm wishing him the best. I yes. hope that continues. Yes. No idea about his basketball pass. That's one of the kids, obviously, that came with Matt McMahon from Murray. So that's, that's very interesting to know. Yeah, great kid. Won a state championship playing football as a quarterback, and he would play a little bit in the secondary on, in key situations. And – uh, we could all see the talent, and we thought, dude, if this guy played – I mean, he could have been a dual-threat quarterback, but we thought, man, if he plays in the secondary, he's a lockdown corner. He uh, he did a pretty nice Jaden Daniels imitation in the yes. state championship game, beating PA, which is something that doesn't happen often. So, anyway, there's your background. I I appreciate it. I will, actually, I will absolutely use that. But quite honestly, guys, um, LSU basketball in a rebuild playing Arkansas State tomorrow is – so ancillary to what's going to happen in football, the fact that this team is – I mean, guys, look, I mean, how bizarre is it that we are legitimately having a conversation that tomorrow, when we all go to sleep, LSU could be the SEC West champion if they beat Arkansas and if Alabama beats Ole Miss, which both are very plausible. It's I'm starting bizarre. to think Brian Kelly's got a real shot of being SEC coach of the year. I no would doubt. still – I would vote for Josh Heupel if they go 11-1. and one. But okay. the job Brian Kelly's done has been magnificent, and it, and it's he sort of built the bridge as they crossed it. Uh, guys, eight guys that they, they have eight different starters today than who started against Florida State. It's just they've had to figure out who their personnel is, who can do what, who can start where, who plays well together, and it's 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 been it's been pretty remarkable to watch. Quite honestly, I mean, I, guys, I thought this was an eight-win team. Um, I thought they'd win their non-conference games. I thought they'd split the month of October. I thought they'd split Arkansas and A&M, lose to Bama, beat you know, all their, their layups, and have a nice season. Um, I, I didn't think we'd be talking about Atlanta. Not at all. Hmm. Here we are. Is there a scenario where uh, LSU goes to Atlanta and wins and they're not in the 14 playoff? Uh, sure. I mean, there's no precedent for a, a, a two-loss conference champion to get in. So I think if you have undefeated Big Ten champ, undefeated TCU out of the Big 12, then you have a one-loss Pac-12 champ, let's say Oregon, whose only loss was the season opener against um, against Georgia. And then the, the conversation comes, is it one-loss Georgia, who would have lost to LSU, two-loss LSU conference champ, or one-loss Tennessee, who blew out LSU? Um, the question becomes, how much would the committee value a conference championship? And guys, if you remember in 2016, they had to do this with Penn State. Penn State beat Ohio State. They won the Big Ten and were left out because one loss Ohio State got in, with Ohio State's only loss being to Penn State. So 
Um, the the precedent the committee has set is that a two loss LSU would not get in, and and even a team in Georgia or Tennessee would likely take their spot. If I had to guess, I think it would likely be Tennessee. I just can't see the SEC champion being left out. That would just that would surprise me. I mean, the S I I get you with the Big Ten, but the SEC champion being left out, can't see it happening. I mean, I well, like I understand, it, and I'm sure there were people in the Big Ten who would have said the same thing back in 2016. Like, how did the Big Ten champion get left out? But the committee has no rules. I mean, they they will do what they want. Now, I, I, for what it's worth, I think TCU loses this weekend, to Texas. I think there's a really good chance if you look at Oregon's next three games and then the Pac-12 championship, that the Pac-12 champion is a two-loss champion. And so I think that is going to open the door. And, guys, by the way, LSU also has to run the table and beat Georgia. So, I mean, like we can have the conversation. I also don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, I I expect LSU to be in Atlanta. I don't necessarily expect them to beat Georgia. But if they do, um, man, that's – I love chaos. I root for the committee to have to deal with chaos. uh, And that would be a case in point of it. The other thing is, TCU still has to go to Baylor, and they have to beat Texas or Baylor again in the championship game. Yeah. Yep. I don't think it's going to happen. So, right. I agree. Matt, thanks so much, buddy. Have a great weekend, and uh, focus on that hoops game. So you don't have to stress too much. <laughs> uh, guys, it's 80 degrees here right now. Enjoy. Oh, my gosh. I hate that. <laughs> I hate you. I'm going to drive down there just to yell at you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Bye, guys.